So good. Thank you so much. Thanks, Warren. Yeah. So, um, you know, as we step into what the Lord has for us, we are going to see Him coming through just in the most amazing and powerful ways. And uh, just love the testimonies that we're hearing about how the Lord is carrying His people through this time. And I, I mention that as an encouragement to you. You know, we're not just saying these words of declaration just as a matter of, you know, what, you know, this is some kind of religious activity. But it stirs our faith that we are giving voice to what God wants us to come into agreement with what He says about our lives and about our future. And um, so I just want to encourage you in that together. One other thing, really be good for us to take some time to pray. And um, we, we know that the enemy is wanting to cause so much fear and panic in the world right now. And, um, and so we want to pray specifically into the whole thing around health and the attack on people's health. So everybody was like, hey, they're going to be crazy numbers of people dying because of COVID. And yet we see that there are over-reporting, um, or should I say, there's reporting of an additional 30,000 deaths that are unidentified. And uh, so out of the normal kind of seasonal situation. And so if the enemy doesn't get it through COVID, he's going to try and get it another way. He's also going after our finances, and if he doesn't get it through, you know, through, through lack of contracts and, and businesses closing down, now we see through the, um, the, the theft of um, people's identities with regards to uh, credit and so on, that he's actually trying to steal money in that way. You know, let's take a stand that regardless of whichever way the attacks are coming, we'll be asking the Lord for His protection to be around our health and around our finances. And so we say, thank you, Lord, that our, our trust and our reliance is upon you. It's not so much what this world's systems can do, but our, our hope and our confidence is in you. So we're looking to you for our strength and our health, and we're looking to you for the source of our supply, and that you will protect whatever it is that we need in order to live lives that please you. Can you say amen to that? So good, so good. So I just want to invite you, wherever you are um, in your homes, just to continue to be praying into this uh, in this coming week. And we, we want, just want to see the Lord coming through really, really powerfully. So just uh, as I carry on sharing with you this morning, We've been looking for a number of weeks about, you know, what on earth is going on on the planet right now. And it's really good for us just to take a step back and just to get a bigger view of what's happening. Because we're so up against the coalface and we're so bombarded with all this stuff in the media or whatever that we can easily lose focus or perspective on what God is doing in these times. And um, so we noted that the Lord gave prophetic words that there was going to be, you know, a rise and a fall of nations and all these kinds of things. And our scripture that we looked at together was in Hebrews chapter 12. It says the following, At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, Once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. And so the words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, 
so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Now therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. And so we can see from Hebrews 12 that God is shaking things and he's causing those things that should not be there to come crumbling down and it's so that people's trust and reliance would not be in the wrong thing. And so there's a wake-up call, a shake-up that's happening on the planet and it's in order to get people's attention. God loves people so much that he's actually wanting to get their attention. And <clears throat> Pardon me. And instead of having their hope and their trust in the things of this world, he's actually wanting us to get our hope and our attention on him. We also know from prophetic words that the Lord was going to be doing just amazing supernatural things in the year 2020. We know through prophetic words that it was going to be a hinge year. Things were going to swing, we're going to pivot massively in this year. And we are seeing this. We also know that the Lord is causing an acceleration and an elevation. And so things are moving at a rapid speed. We see that there's the rise and the fall of nations. And we noted, wow, you know, one nation just in a matter of moments was brought to its knees just two weeks ago. And it just shows how uh, things can, can come crashing down or things can be raised up in a moment. God um, is, is way bigger than anything, any government, any institution. And, and so instead of us putting our hope and our trust in things, we see that anything can come crumbling down in a moment. And so it causes us to be aware that there's a bigger picture that's going on at the moment. So there's the rise and fall of nations, there's acceleration, there's elevation. Also, the Lord is removing certain people, certain players from positions of power because they have been misusing their power and they haven't been giving glory to God. So God is in the process of shifting things in a dramatic way during this time. Also, the Lord's prophetic words of, um, of releasing his, his promise, his, his favor, is, is being brought to the fore at this time. And so we're seeing the Lord stepping in, and those prophetic words are actually beginning to come about in, uh, in new ways and in fresh ways, ways we hadn't considered. And so this time of COVID is opening up the, the world to lots of shift and change, but also to, to the, the people of God, he's causing things to shift and change and the prophetic words to be fulfilled. Now, it's happening in ways that are so different from what we had anticipated. It's easy for us to miss it because we were looking in the wrong direction. <laughs> and, uh, and so my, my a point that I'm wanting to bring to us as we've been looking for the last couple of weeks about what on earth is going on, that we don't miss what God is doing. It's really evident to see what the enemy is doing, but we want to see what God is doing in and through this time. 
And so he is restoring to the people of God the prophetic promises and, uh, and the words that he has for us. I just want to take a, a moment or so just to say, folks, why are we taking the time to focus on victory? Now, it's not because we're denying that there's disaster on the planet. I, I am absolutely fully aware of everything that is going wrong. Because <laughs> uh, some people think, you know, I've got my head in the clouds, you know, like and i only got a one-track mind, and that's, you know, like everything's going to be fine, and, you know, woo-woo, like, like nothing on the earth is going wrong, like I am denying. No, we do not deny. We don't bury our heads in the sand like an ostrich and try and pretend that there's no difficulty or trouble. But we recognize that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And one of the major uh, weapons at his disposal is this thing of doubt and fear, anxiety, confusion, men's hearts failing them because of fear. We know that fear is a major weapon that the enemy is using. Now, if we want to embrace fear and say, Woo, let me be afraid, well, we're partnering with the enemy. So we can choose to partner with the enemy or we can choose to partner with the Lord. Folks, let us choose a deliberate choice. Choose to partner with God. He's not falling off the throne. He's not filled with fear. There's no anxiety in him. God is filled with faith. He is faithful. <laughs> and he is faithful towards his people. And so we can choose to dwell on the negative And we can embrace fear and doubt and panic. And you know what? We're actually running the very path the enemy wants us to jump onto. Or we can choose, hey, although I can see so many things wanting to pull me in this direction, I am deliberately choosing to tune in to the voice of the Spirit of God. I'm digging into the Word of God. And I'm going to take my cue from what God is saying I should be focusing on. And he is the God of faith. We are called to be people of faith. <laughs> We're in the faith. It takes faith to live this journey. And so we're not denying the hardships and the difficulties, but we're choosing to live according to a different voice. And that is why we need to focus on victory. Because if we want to focus on defeat, we're going to get into this place of negativity and fear and doubt. And it's going to cause us, you know, what I feared has come upon me. <laughs> no, we don't want to, what I fear has come upon me. No, what I believed has suddenly manifest. Oh my goodness, hallelujah, the word of the Lord has sustained me. So I'm stepping into abundant, eternal life, which Jesus has called me into. All right. You may tell I'm getting a little bit passionate this morning. All right. Okay. But I, I just feel I need to take a couple of steps down the wicket and hit that ball 
over the boundary for six. All right. So, um, how about... How about we just take a little bit of time this morning? All right, I'd love to take a lot of time. I just said to Daryl on this morning, it's kind of like, I just do not have enough time this morning. And um, anyway, uh, the, the Scripture is filled with victory, triumph, the glory of God, that we are not defeated, that we are called to be overcomers. And... W- I've taken time over the last few weeks. We looked at the overarching theme and story of, of, of Scripture, and we looked at the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. We looked at the fact that right at the very beginning, God promised that he, Satan would be crushed under the feet of Jesus. It was in that prophetic word in Genesis chapter 3. And we know that right at the very end that, that Jesus wins. So we've been looking at that. How about a couple of New Testament scriptures? All right, more than a couple. So in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, but thanks be to God who always, sometimes, no, always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. So Paul writing to the Corinthians and he's giving to them a visual picture. And so in those days when the army went out to war and the general triumphed and got victory on the battlefield, he would come back to Rome, and there would be this massive big procession. And the general would be at the front leading the procession, and the soldiers were at the front as well, and there was lots of celebrating and cheering and throwing of petals, and there would also be incense that would be released right across or all the way along the the roadway where the procession was. So this aroma, if you like, this fragrance that was being released in celebration of the victory. And right at the end were the captives, all right? So they they would put them at the end of display, and um, and they would be, you know, spat on and rotten food and fruit thrown at them, and you know, they were humiliated. They were paraded naked through the streets at the end of the parade. Paul uses that analogy later elsewhere when he's talking about, hey, us apostles, we're kind of like the lowest of the low. It's as though we were the guys at the back of the parade, all right? So he's using this analogy in a different way there. But here, he's talking to the believers, and he's saying, guys, You are the victorious ones. You're in the army of God. And Jesus is the great general who has gained the victory. And now we are parading. Our general is leading us in triumphant procession. We're we're spreading this aroma of victory. This aroma of Christ's victory over the enemy. And he always leads us in victory. He never leads us in defeat. Jesus has never lost one battle. (laughs) And if we're in him, 
We are also going to be led in victory. We do not even have this anticipation like it's going to go wrong. It has to go wrong. Oh, I can't wait for it to get worse. Oh, it's getting darker and darker. Oh, the devil is getting bigger and bigger. No, no, no. God is the ultimate victor. He is on the throne. And the enemy is being crushed under his feet. And we, as part of the army of God, are part of that expression of the enemy being crushed under our feet. We looked at that last week. So he always leads us in victory. So let us not have a negative faith. What do I mean by that? Oh, you know, the end times. Jesus said there would be trouble. It's going to get bad. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just waiting for it to get worse. What? No. Don't side with the enemy. No, we're expecting the glory of the Lord to cover the planet, the face of the earth, as, as the waters cover the sea, so the knowledge, the experiential knowing the knowledge of the glory of the, of the Lord will be seen. We are anticipating revival. We're anticipating victory. We're anticipating that we will be overcomers. All right, let me give you a couple more scriptures. Um, how about this? In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. All right? So we might consider it, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just a little nobody in the kingdom. If you're even the least in the kingdom, you're greater than John. And he was the greatest of the old covenant. So we now in the new covenant, we're even greater than he. And so verse 12 says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been advancing forcefully and forceful people are seizing it come on the kingdom is not retreating it is not you know on the defensive it's not running away from the enemy the enemy is not expanding and growing it is the kingdom of God that is growing and expanding and Jesus again in Matthew 16 verse 18, he's talking to Peter and the rest of the guys around him after the revelation that Peter had that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, on this revelation, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not overcome or overpower it. Right? So it will not be able to hold out against it, the Amplified says. In other words... The, the, the enemy's territory will not be able to hold out against the advance of the kingdom of God. The enemy's territory is shrinking. The kingdom of God is advancing. Hey, that speaks to us of victory and of triumph, not of defeat, not of losing ground, not of a weak church that is, you know, oh, it's failing and doing nothing. Absolutely not. It's completely the other way around. Do not buy into the narrative. Oh, come on. What does God say about the church? He says the church is going to overcome. It's going to be victorious. The kingdom is advanced since the days of John the Baptist. As Jesus came 
And John said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the earth. When he comes, he will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. All right, he was announcing, here comes the kingdom, and Jesus rocks up, and bam, the kingdom breaks into this world. Talk about a breakthrough, if ever there was one. Jesus breaking into the world, announcing the coming of the kingdom of God. And then Jesus says, listen, the church, the followers of Jesus, those who are part of the body, the family, guys, you're going to be on the advance, and not even hell will be able to withstand what you guys are doing. All right, how about our next scripture in Ephesians 5? Now, there's this analogy between marriage, uh, earthly marriage, earthly covenant, and the marriage between the bride of Christ, the church, and the groom, Jesus. And we see, of course, right at the very end, the book of Revelation, the last three chapters, it's all about victory, 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 and the, the wedding feast uh, of the lamb and the bride being the church. But in Ephesians 5, Verse 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make herself holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. This is the picture of a church in victory, in triumph. This is not battered and bruised and, you know, just like mangled and crippled and just like scraping it through and, you know, woo, get me out of here now, Jesus. The devil is winning. You know, won't you come and grab us away? Snatch us away now. We're losing. I, I just get so frustrated. You can tell I'm really aggro about this because it's a defeatist mindset. It's not it's not about faith. That buys into fear. Come on, we've got to stomp this thing down. Come on. How about in your lounge, just like, boom, stomp your feet, man. Yeah, you're lying in bed. Get out of bed and just stomp your feet on the ground. Come on, we're going to stomp this thing. Yeah, we are going to be this victorious church. Uh, further in Ephesians, Ephesians 3 and verse 10, it says that God's intent was that now through the church, through the body of Christ, through you and I, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hey, it's through us he's going to rub the enemy's nose in it. It's through the church that he is revealing his power and his manifest wisdom. And as so his purpose, like for all ages, it's been to use us to be victorious, not to be in defeat. How about this? In Ephesians 3 and verse 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power. That is at work where? Within us. Who is us? The church, the body of Christ, the bride, the victorious ones. His great power is at work within us. <laughs> to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. 
<laughs> Come on, guys, I'm going to preach myself happy here. All right? If the church is the victorious ones, his great power is at work within us. Not to lead us in defeat, not to kind of like, whoa, sorry guys, you know, I tried, but you know, the enemy was too tough, was too hard, the church is too mangled and out of shape. You know what, I tell you what, let's have plan escape. Nonsense. He's coming back for a perfect, strong, beautiful bride who is standing in her authority and is defeating the works of the evil one. Oh, come on, let's go to Romans, all right? We're roaming all over the place this morning. Romans 8, from verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? What things? Difficulty, hardship, persecution, plagues, famines, you know, economic hardships, all these kinds of things. What shall we say to these things? COVID, you corona thing, you. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Now who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Oh, who is to condemn Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who is raised, who is the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, or covid or the government, or economic meltdown? No. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Next page. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Who's got the victory here? Come on, who has got the victory? We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. How does that sound? To be more than conquerors. You know, as we embrace the truth of God's word for us, as we allow it to sink deep into us, you know, I'm not just cherry picking one verse, people. It is a, 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 a theme throughout all of the scriptures that God wants to lead us in victory and in triumph and cause us to be more than conquerors. Right at the very end, to those who overcome, to those who overcome, to those who overcome, his expectation is that we would be overcomers. Come on. Mm -hmm. 
All right, let's have a look in Luke 11. This is Jesus. He's driving out a demon. This guy's been mute. He hasn't been able to speak. And Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left, the man who was mute spoke, and the crowd was amazed. But some of them said, oh, it's by Beelzebub, the prince of demons. He's driving out demons. Others Try to test Jesus by asking him for a sign from heaven. But Jesus, word of knowledge, knew their thoughts and said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and a house divided against itself will fall. So if Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebub. So Beelzebub could also be translated Lord of the Flies. And so what he's saying to them is, listen guys, it's not by, by Satan's power, by Beelzebub, that, I, that I'm driving out demons because, you know, Beelzebub would, wouldn't go against, you know, it would completely collapse. No, it's because I am in opposition to uh, the enemy's kingdom that I'm actually driving out demons. All right? And then he goes on and he says, Now, if I drive out demons <clears throat> by Beelzebub, by whom do your followers drive them out? So then they will be your judges. So what he's saying is, listen, you guys also, because it was the religious people he was talking to as well, is, you know, your guys do exorcism and uh, drive out demons. So are you saying that they also do it by demonic powers? And so he was, kind of like, he was defeating the argument in, in two different ways. All right. Then he makes the statement, but I... Drive out demons by the finger of God. Then the kingdom of God has come upon you. What's he saying? I am sorting out the enemy. And the kingdom of God is being manifest. It's come upon you. It's not just at hand. It's actually upon you. The kingdom of God is, is being demonstrated in terms of who is the stronger power. <clears throat> and then he tells this little story. He says, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted, and then he can divide up his plunder. What is Jesus saying? He's just given them a visual example, a demonstration of the power of God, by the finger of God, he's cast out the demon. And then he explains what's been going on by telling the story. He said, listen, the enemy thought he was the strong man. But someone stronger than the devil. Stronger than the devil. Sorted him out. Stripped him of his armor. And took away the plunder. Who is stronger? God, Jesus, the kingdom of God is way stronger just by the finger of God. He's not even talking about the strong, mighty right arm who did, he, God worked his mighty miracles bringing the people out of Egypt and then through the Red Sea. All those miracles, the Bible refers to the strong, mighty right arm of God worked salvation and deliverance for his people. And now, 
just with a finger of God, sorting out the enemy. God is so much more powerful, stronger than the enemy. Guys, we've got to get this. We've got to jump into faith. We've got to get ourselves secure on the platform, the foundation, that God is big. He's really, really big and powerful, and he's at work in this world. Yes, the enemy's causing trouble, but you know what? His time is short, and he is being crushed under our feet. Can I have an amen? Come on, just, just you know, try and, uh, you don't even have to try. All right. We know that the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. We know this from John 10, verse 10, all right? And, um, and we know that in 1 John 3, it says that the reason that the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the evil one. So the finger of God, he's come, he's destroying the works of the evil one, right? So what are the works of the evil one? Whatever it was, it was people being bound by demonic powers, oppressed, people in sickness and disease and, and poverty and all of these different things. And Jesus came to bring about the kingdom of God in powerful, strategic, tangible ways, making a difference. And so we see the kingdom coming and it's going to continue to come. Why? Because since the days of John the Baptist, it's been advancing and it continues to advance. It continues to grow in strength and power. So we can continue to expect and anticipate that there will be this clash of kingdoms and that Jesus is the strong one who has bound the strong man and he has stripped him of his armor and he's now saying, hey, let's, let's, let's divide the spoils. <laughs> let's go after it. Oh, Whew. I'm going to come on, come on that one in a couple of weeks. All right. I, I need to end here. But Jesus, he said to his followers, John 14, very truly I tell you. In other words, pay attention. Take out your highlighter pen and underline this is what Jesus is saying. Very truly. Pay attention. This is like really, really important. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. Whoever, whoever, are you a whoever? Yeah, we are, we are those who part of the whoever. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that my Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, guys, expand your horizon. Lift up your eyes. Whatever Jesus did, he's saying, now listen, guys, come in and do the same stuff. Not only that, Lift it up even higher than that. You're going to do even greater things. Come on. I didn't say this. Jesus said it. His words are true, eternal. All right? Not going to pass away. He must mean what he said. He's made this claim, so he's going to help us to fulfill it. Now, we might not yet see all these things, but the invitation is there for us to step into it, for us to believe in. 
This does not sound like a bunch of people who should expect to be defeated. It sounds like a bunch of people who should anticipate that we are going to rise in victory and we're going to go from victory to victory, glory to glory. Hallelujah. Um, at the end, just before Jesus ascended in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and in the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The end of the age. Not the end of the world, the end of the age. Okay, we get into some, some end time stuff in the coming months or years. There's a very big difference. Uh, King James did a bad job of translating the one word and said it was the end of the world. No, end of the age means fundamentally different things. People came up with cockeyed kind of theologies and end time beliefs based on one word that was mistranslated. It's not the end of the world. It's the end of the age. What does it God mean? We'll get into that another time. But he says, therefore go, make disciples, even of nations, people, of nations. Come on, if we're making disciples of nations, does it mean that we're going to be victorious, that we're spreading, we're expanding? Come on, guys. Come on, let's lift up our eyes. God is causing the church to rise up in this time. He's shaking us out of our slumber, out of our comfort. You know, everything was all comfy. We were in a normal. And God wants to bang us out of that and say, hey, there's a new normal. What's the new normal? He's saying, church, it's the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of advancing powerfully. All right. Oh, so many other things I wanted to get to. We'll have to come back to it another time. I think you're getting the picture. I jolly will hope you're getting the picture. Because if you're not, I'm coming after you again. <laughs> now, folks, this is a message. It should never leave us. This is something that we should hold on to. We should build upon and we should expand. God is wanting us to get this thing. 2 Corinthians 2, he wants to lead us always in triumphal procession. He wants to lead you, your family, your household in triumphal procession, in victory. God wants us to be a people of faith, not of fear, not of doubt, a people of faith. And even though we're in this world and we're facing all these difficulties and these hardships, but our anticipation is we're going to be overcomers. We're not expecting kind of like a negative, doubtful expectation, like it's all going to come crumbling in our lives. No, a thousand may fall this side and a thousand at that side, but we're going to stand strong in the Lord. Come on, let's stand. So Lord, we give you thanks and praise. That you are leading us in victory and in triumph. That you're doing a good thing and a new thing in the world. And even though the enemy has tried to sow seeds of fear and doubt and unbelief. And, and even, even causing the elect to, to lose hope. We, we want to stand strong and sure and secure in you and in your word and your promises and what you're saying to us. So, Lord, cause faith to arise in our hearts yet again. Let the truth of your word, through all these many different scriptures, 
let them cause a, 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 a cementing, a, 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 a putting rebar and cement and, and a, 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 just a strengthening of our, of our spiritual backbone. That, that things can blow and come this side and that side, but we are strong in the Lord and in His purposes. Thank you, Lord. Let faith and hope arise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Bless you guys.